wicked, 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 wicked. Get down to business. This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Happy Friday, and if you're a Drake fan here in Des Moines, happy MVC Tournament Day. We'll talk more about the Bulldogs and Murray State coming up with the voice of Drake basketball. Michael Admire is going to join me from St. Louis. Uh, Arch Madness going on. That'll come your way at... Uh, 1235 right here on ESPN Des Moines. I forgot to hook something up. Let me get this blue little cord here. That would be, yeah, there we go. There we go. There it is. Okay, let's connect to a network and not be on Wi-Fi. I'm a pro- true professional. Uh, my name is Mike Wicket. Also, a very big hello if you are joining us uh, from somewhere outside of let's say Polk County or Dallas County. If you are from uh, somewhere else in the state of Iowa here for the girls basketball tournament, hello state finals for a couple of the classes today, a couple tomorrow as well. So welcome to Des Moines. Please drive faster. Really? <laughs> Kira, tell me I'm wrong. All right. You're not. I mean, hello. You're not wrong at all. If you're here from Lucas County or Blackhawk County, we love you. Please spend money in our city, but drive faster. All right. Just keep keep going. And yes, yes, we can order coffee in a drive-thru. We do that here. Big, big, big deal. Big deal going on. If you are watching on the uh, the video stream on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page, hello. Donning my brand new crisp. White Christian Watson jersey. Christian Watson turning heads last year at the NFL Combine. And the Green Bay Packers, my Green Bay Packers, selected him uh, in the second round, day two of the NFL draft. They swapped a couple of picks to move up to grab him. I thought it was a perfect fit. I love that pick. And I don't know what my Packers are going to do this year. It's weird. They're sitting at pick 15. They didn't make the playoffs. What a strange year it was. If you like to rehash the whole thing, that's a show for another day. I will get to some Aaron Rodgers stuff, obviously, because it's not it's not an actual sports talk show in America if you don't touch on Aaron Rodgers. Like, I even think that radio shows down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, who could talk Roll Tide football for 365 days. Even they have takes on Aaron Rodgers because he's, you know, he loves the spotlight. And there's a few seasons in the NFL. There's the regular season, there's the postseason, and then there's Aaron Rodgers season. That's what we're in right now. You might think it's draft season, but no, it is Aaron Rodgers' season. As he has come out of the darkness, we will talk about He Is Risen coming up in just a bit. Can I make He Is Risen jokes during Lent? Is that allowed, Kira? You're the Catholic. You tell me. I was raised Catholic. I was confirmed Catholic. I was baptized. I was, yeah, I've gone through all that. Yeah, sure, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Not easily offended. But uh, I do want to get to another quarterback first. Because, of course, we're all getting ready for the NFL draft. Everybody is preparing. It'll be in Kansas City coming up next month. And if you're going to go down there, there's going to be a whole lot of people down there in Kansas City. It's going to be amazing. And the Chicago Bears are on the clock. And I spent a lot of time last week. You want to check it out. The podcast is available at ESPNDesMoines.com. Talking about Justin Fields and the raw deal that the Bears actually gave him last year by not giving him weapons and stripping the team down, and then the expectations in year two for Fields, probably too high. And there's all there's all this conversation going on, too. And I, 
you know, I'm not surprised about moving on from Fields. You know, they're sitting at number one. And I heard some an interesting comment was made real early this morning. Even before Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max took the air here on ESPN Des Moines. What would get you more in a return? The number one pick in this year's draft. With no real clear-cut, absolute stud. Every All these quarterbacks have question marks, right? Like Will Levis threw a lot of picks this year. You know Bryce Young is six foot 194, and his size is what scares everybody. C.J. Stroud, I mean, if you ju- if all you did was watch C.J. Stroud in that championship game, or that semifinal game against Georgia, you would think he is the greatest quarterback prospect we've ever seen. I mean, the guy was making NFL throws and looking like a stud, and there's no school I like complimenting less than Ohio State. All right? I think C.J. Stroud's going to be a stud. But is he a product of a Ryan Day offense where they have lots of, where he had great wide receivers? Is he a product of yet again of an Ohio State offense that doesn't produce great players in the National Football League? Like all the, you know, the big three have their question marks. And then there's Anthony Richardson, who I think is a complete project. And unless you have a, a stud in line right now who you are going to move on from two years from now, you don't touch Anthony Richardson. I think that is a bust of a pick waiting to happen if you're going to throw him into the, the starting lineup within the first two years. Felt that way about Malik Willis, too, last year. Kind of felt that way about Ryan uh, uh, Kenny Pickett. So the question is, would you get more in a trade if you're the Bears if you gave up the first pick, or would you get more if you gave up Justin Fields? You know, it's an interesting conversation because I, there's some offensive uh, coordinators out there that would love to get their hands on Fields and use his dual threat ability, a la what, you know, the success that Lamar Jackson had in, uh, has had for several years now in Baltimore when he's able to stay healthy. Would What would you get back for Justin Fields? Could you, could you stay at number one, draft Jalen Carter, trade down to, I mean, would you get a top 10 pick for Justin Fields? Some All it takes is one. Remember, we say that about all these quarterbacks. We say that about Bryce Young. We say that about Will Levis. We say that about every quarterback. We say that about every prospect, regardless of the position, regardless of sport. You know, if you're an undersized two guard, but somebody falls in love with your ability to hit shots, or you're a skinny little point guard from Davidson, who may have hit a lot of threes in college, but there's no way Steph Curry's going to make it in the NBA. Not in today's NBA. All it takes is one. Heck, Minnesota took two point guards ahead of Steph Curry in that draft. So if you find one team out there that really likes Justin Fields and you can get something for Justin Fields, I'd listen to that offer because I think the unicorn in this draft, well, I think there's, I I think right now the safest quarterback to me is C.J. Stroud. I think the guy has playmaking ability. I worry about the Ryan Day offense. I wonder what's going to happen with Stroud when he doesn't have great wide receivers all around him. But I think the unicorn, the Curry in this, could actually be Bryce Young. I mean, if you watch Bryce Young for the last few seasons at Alabama, you are blown away by the magician that he is. Durability is the biggest concern when it comes to Bryce Young. He's got the skills. He's got the intangibles. He's got the escapability. He's got the rocket arm 
They run a pretty sophisticated offense over there at Alabama. It's not an NFL offense. We all understand that. But they had a couple of good offensive coordinators over there. And the guy throws darts. He throws bombs. He throws touch passes. He gets out and runs when he has to. But he's six foot 194. That's what we established last week. Now, I read today that they are, when he's asked about it for his height and weight at the combine, he'll be in the 200 range. What's the 200 range really mean? Am I in the 200 range? I weigh 175. Is that the 200 range, Kira? Or am I, is 185 in the 200 range? Is 195 in the 200 range? And he's been a little dude. He's a little guy, six foot 194. And he's physically, you know, he's obviously toned and his body is a temple and he's an elite athlete. We all understand that. But he was talking to the media today. And here's what Bryce Young had to say when he was asked about being allegedly six foot 194. I've been this size, uh, you know, respectfully my, my whole life. Um, you know, I, I know who I am. Um, I, you know, I know what I can do. And, you know, for me, you know, I think it, it, it's fair. You know, everyone can, can speculate and ask whatever questions are necessary. But, you know, I'm going to continue to control what I can control. I'm um, keep working my hardest to put myself in a good position. And I'm confident in myself. I know what I can do. And, you know, I'm just excited to get to that next level. I, I, you have to wonder if, uh, if you're the Colts and you move up or if the, pa- or the, the Bears sit there and they take, maybe they take, do take Jalen Carter. And somebody on the Facebook feed, uh, VJ, sent me, of course, I know all about Jalen Carter's week and the legal issues facing Jalen Carter. Now, he's only facing two misdemeanors. He's not facing anything to do with the death of those two players. We'll talk more about that in a second. Somebody still, if the Bears love Jalen Carter and can get to the bottom of it when they do all of the digging in the background and where does Jalen Carter hang out and who is in his crew and what kind of parties did they go to and what did they get into any legal trouble or are they trying to hide anything? Is the Carter camp looking to hide anything else? Like what is the Jalen Carter crew trying to do to make the best of this situation? You know, his, his agents, his managers, they're trying to make the best of this racing situation because they, well, I, I will give credit and I'll get back to the quarterbacks. I promise I'm not dovetailing away from this. But the Jalen Carter camp basically has said, I screwed up. They left the combine to go turn themselves in. He went to, you know, he got turned in, paid his bond, $4,000 at like 11.49 p.m. He was out of jail two nights ago or whatever, seemingly owning up to this. Now, there could be more to the Jalen Carter story. Because if you don't know the Jalen Carter story, shortly after winning the national championship, Jalen Carter left a strip club. He left in his car, his SUV, and a team manager and another player left in another car. And this was at 2.30 in the morning. You can imagine nothing good happened. No, it didn't. Uh, The other car with the manager and the other player, whose name I can't remember at this moment, I apologize, left the road, struck two telephone poles at 100 miles an hour. Both of them are dead. Jalen Carter was in the other car, and they were racing. Over 100 miles an hour, there's cameras, and all of the factors, police say, are signs of racing. So now if you're the Bears or you're anybody, you have to figure out, is Jalen Carter wrong place, wrong time? Is Jalen Carter an idiot and a bad dude who just finds trouble? Or did he make a mistake? Or did he stupidly get behind the wheel allegedly after drinking. I don't know what his BAC was that night. I do know that one of the one of the other two, the manager, his blood alcohol was 0.19, which is more than twice the legal limit in the state of Georgia. 
So you have to try to figure out what kind of guy is Jalen Carter. And if you're the Bears, if it's just the two misdemeanors and he's squeaky clean after that, and I don't know if he's squeaky clean after that. I haven't done a lot of digging on Jalen Carter yet. Heck, we got 50 days till the draft, right? There will be private investigators and people following Jalen Carter all around at the Combine, back in Atlanta, in Athens, at his pro day. Everybody's going to be digging into the history of him. And I don't know what his social media use is, but they're going to be digging into his social media. And who does he hang out with? And who are his th- and this? And th- they're going to try to connect all of the dots. Like you saw the movie Draft Day, right? They they were looking into the the history of the quarterback from Wisconsin, Bo Callahan, to try to find out why nobody went to his 21st birthday party. Because nobody liked him. He wasn't a good leader. He wasn't a good character guy. And that's why you pass on Bo Callahan. What do you do with Jalen Carter? I mean, he is a game wrecker. He's got Aaron Donald potential on the defensive line. Matt Eberflus is a defensive guy. If you're the Bears, maybe the best defensive prospect for the next five, eight years is sitting there. But he's got this racing thing. I I don't know what you do if you're him. I'm not sure what you do. But while you're sitting there at number one and everybody is talking about moving up and do you jump the Texans? And if you're the Texans, do you sacrifice a pick later just to move up one spot to make sure you get your guy? Is your guy Bryce Young? Is your guy Will Levis? Is your guy CJ Stroud? Or if you're Houston, do you just sit there and wait and see? Because if Chicago sits there and you, let's say that the three quarterbacks are even, or at least two quarterbacks are even. Let's say you've got CJ Stroud and Bryce Young Neck and neck. You got them at, uh, out of 100, you got one graded as a 95 and one graded as a 94. And the Bears go ahead and and snag Jalen Carter, number one. They didn't get an offer that they really liked to move out of the top spot. And they get Jalen Carter. It's not, it's a pretty good booby prize if you're the Bears. Oh, we didn't get the draft picks we wanted, but we got the best defensive player, maybe the best overall draft. So then if you're Houston, what do you do? You know, somebody calls up and says, we want to give you, uh, if the Colts call up and say, we want to give you four and next year's one. I mean, you got to listen to everything. And that's why the draft is always so intriguing. More from Bryce Young coming up. Also, we're going to hear from C.J. Stroud. It was a weird question that was asked to C.J. Stroud today. And I want you to hear what he had to say. We'll do that coming up next here on ESPN Des Moines. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. One zero two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. This is Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. Hello, if you're watching on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page, my mom's watching. What's up, mom? I'll call you. Call your mother. All right. If you're listening to us right now, call your mother. All right. You have to make sure you do that. Uh, okay. So here's the breakdown of basketball this weekend here on ESPN Des Moines. All right. So we got Drake and Murray State coming up tonight. 5.30 for the pregame in the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. Some arch madness. Michael Admire is going to join me coming up in 20 minutes to talk about this one. He's down in St. Louis, the uh, voice of the Bulldogs. If Drake wins, now there's going to be a quiz later, Kira, so buckle up. If Drake wins, if the Drake men win today, they will play tomorrow night. The Drake women's game that is scheduled for ESPN Des Moines will be on Hope 940. 
if Drake wins, we will also carry Alabama and Texas A&M early. If Drake loses, that game gets kicked to the side of the road. But we will also, regardless, after Drake plays tomorrow, whether it's men or women, we will have the Sixers and the Bucks NBA game tomorrow night here on ESPN Des Moines. And then should Drake men advance to play in the Missouri Valley Conference Championship on Sunday, we will kick to the curb what was supposed to be Steph versus LeBron, but it won't be. <laughs> we'll have the Lakers and the Warriors unless Drake plays in the men's championship. You got that? Got all that, Kara? Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> no. No. Yes, I know. Nope. Very confusing. Just if you want live sports, stick right here. We've got live sports all the time here on ESPN Des Moines. All right? A lot of basketball. It's tough to keep track with all the tournaments. And then we get to do it all again next week because then the women play in the uh, Missouri Valley Conference Championship. And that, I believe, is in Cedar Falls so or Cedar Rapids. One of the one of the two. We'll figure it out. One of the Cedars. We'll get to it. Uh, talking about the NFL draft, Bryce Young and his six-foot, 195-pound frame speaking to the media today. And, and, and I don't think – see, this is one of those times when I have to criticize my friends in the media – I've been in sports media for a very long time. When you ask certain questions, what do you really expect the answer to be? Like, when you ask Bryce Young, where do you want to play? He's not going to give you an answer that is the real answer, all right? Nobody wants to go play for fill in a dog crap team, all right? Where do you think you're going to go? Oh, can't wait to go play for... Who stinks right now? My Packers aren't very good, but who's really, really bad? The Texans, right? You're not like, where do you want to go? Oh, anywhere but Houston. That's not what he's going to say. He's going to give you this generic answer that every quarterback and every prospect has ever been, uh, whatever they've ever get asked, this is the answer everybody gives you when you say, where do you want to play? Where I end up is something I can't control, and I'm going to give my all to whatever team it is that, that takes me. Um, I'm just super excited to be here. Um, you know, it's, it's my dream to play in the NFL, and, and to be able to be here, whatever team I end up being taken by uh, is a blessing for me. Yeah, I mean, who's, what's he going to say? I really want to go to Tampa. Like, who's, <laughs> what's he really going to say? If he was truthful and honest, he would say, I want to go somewhere where the state's not going to take a bunch of my money in taxes. All right. That means I don't want to go play in New York. I don't want to go play in California and I don't want to go play for the Bears. And I love to go play for the, the Texas teams. I'd love to go play for one of the Florida teams. I don't want to play in California. I don't want to play in New York because they take half your money in taxes. And when you're talking about guys getting $20 million, that's a lot more money than what I would lose if I moved to California or if I moved to New York. So that's the real answer. I want to be warm. He doesn't want to go anywhere cold. He's not going to tell you, oh, I really want to go to Buffalo. No, he doesn't want to go to Buffalo. He wants to go somewhere warm. None of these guys like being cold. Despite me being a Green Bay Packers fan, I'll tell you this. Aaron Rodgers doesn't like playing in the cold. No, Brett Favre didn't like playing in the cold, especially at the end. All right. These guys want to go somewhere where they can make money and be warm. List. End of list. And if they're single guys, they want to go where there are a bunch of beautiful women, where they have a lot of money, and they can be warm. End of list, all right? Sorry if you are a fan of the Buffalo Bills. I'm sure there's some beautiful women in Buffalo, but you're losing your money, and the chicks are not nearly as hot as they are, say, in Dallas or Miami. You don't think that there's potential there? You can, like, go to the the ski lodge and... Get They're all not, warm. Listen, and- <laughs> here's another thing, Kira. If you're a rich athlete, you're not going to the ski lodge in Buffalo. You're going to Aspen, all right? 
you're going, you're not going to go to upstate New York to go skiing. Like that's where you and I go. All right. We go to Vermont. All right. They go to Aspen or somewhere in California. All right. That's where rich people go skiing. They don't, we're like, Hey, what do you want to do? You want to go skiing? You mean tubing and Boone? That's where we go. All right. We, we don't, we don't live in that world. Honestly, none of these guys want to go above the Mason-Dixon line when it comes to weather, and most of them don't want to go anywhere where they don't get to keep the majority of their money. But the reality is they can't say that, all right? That's the absolute truth. When you talk to these guys, you get them off mic or you get them off camera. They don't want to go. They don't want to play in New York. You know how much money New York and New Jersey take from these players every game they play? No. They don't want to do that. They want to go somewhere warm, and if it has to be somewhere cold, they better have a dome like in Detroit or in Minnesota. That's what they want. Hey, guess what? You get to go play in Wisconsin. I love the Packers, and I lived in Milwaukee for a decade, and I loved it there, but I'm not a rich pro athlete, all right? Where would you rather be in January or December? Wisconsin or South Beach? Moving on to the rest of Bryce Young, uh, when, you know, the conversations that come up in these interviews when these coaches and these GMs sit down with them, always flattering, always interesting to me and fascinating. Like, what do you talk about? Here's what Bryce Young said he talked about in his interviews with teams. I speak my truth. Um, I make sure I explain how I play the game, you know, how I see the game, my process, um, you know, how I'm able to to, to get through things. Um, you know, obviously there, there's stuff of film and, and on the board. And, you know, it's just talking ball, uh, X's and O's. Um, you know, coaches I feel like, you know, I've asked about, you know, how I've, how I've gotten throughout plays and through reads and all that. And, again, um, I've been around so many great football minds being in these meetings and, you know, being able to talk about, you know, one myself and then be able to pick their brains and, and see how, you know, they, they run their offense, be able to learn from that. Um, you know, I think it's been a lot of back and forth, and I'm super grateful for it. It's inter- he's just such an interesting prospect because just ability-wise, he blows everybody off the field. He's a better prospect than C.J. Stroud. He's a better prospect, you know, skill-wise, ability-wise than Will Levis. He's 10 times the quarterback Anthony Richardson is. But when you look at him, he's two inches shorter than me, and he weighs 20 pounds more than me. Does that does this look like a physical NFL body? If you're watching on T on the uh, the Facebook page, no, you know the answer is not. Man, that wicked. How how did he miss his opportunity to play in the NFL? Now I'm not saying you have to be a monster because remember Jamarcus Russell was an absolute beast. He was six foot six. He weighed a ton, and that was his problem. He he became a guy who weighed more than a ton. Like he actually weighed a metric ton by the time. He was out of the National Football League. But you got to be able to take hits. And when you're a quarterback getting drafted this high in the draft, you know you're going to a team that's not very good. And usually teams that aren't very good have bad offensive lines. And that's precisely what's going on with the Houston Texans. They need offensive line help as bad as they need quarterback help. Davis Mills wasn't, wasn't great, didn't shock anybody, didn't blow the doors off uh, the National Football League last year. But he doesn't get any help from an offensive line. And that's that's a problem when you're drafting a quarterback who is six foot, one hundred ninety-five pounds. I know the Cardinals spent all that money and took all and, and spent that high draft pick on Kyler Murray. Kyler's thicker, all right. I don't know how big Kyler Murray was coming out of college, but Kyler was thicker, built more like a fire hydrant, actually shorter than Bryce Young, but a dude who had thicker arms and thicker legs and is known for his wheels. Bryce Young is a quarterback who can run. 
Kyler Murray was a running, I don't even know, I'd call him a real true. There aren't too many true dual threat QBs. You know, I look at Lamar Jackson, runner who can throw. I look at Patrick Mahomes, a thrower who can run. Kyler Murray at his best, and I'm not a big Kyler Murray guy, but Kyler Murray at his best is a good passer and a good run, a great runner. I don't think Bryce Young is a great runner. I know he's a great thrower. And if you're not a great runner and you get hit by linebackers who are just as fast as you at this level, can that frame hold up? That's the big question on the that is the potentially $200 million question down the road for Bryce Young. I'm going to get to CJ Stroud here real quick. I I hate complimenting Ohio State Buckeyes. I hate it. All right. I just can't stand it. I think Ohio is the worst state north of Florida. I think it's just basically Florida of the Midwest. It's a cesspool. Very little good has ever come out of Ohio. All right. Charles Woodson, White Castle. It's the end of the list. You got anything else good to come out of Ohio? Desmond Howard came out of Ohio. Anything else? You got anything else, Kara? Ohio State's marching band. They are the best damn band in the land. That's what their name is. I mean, they're they are a good band. I'll come. I'm a bigger fan of Ohio State's band than I am of their football program, even though they oftentimes go hand in hand. But if you watch CJ, go back and watch the college football playoff game between Ohio State and Georgia. Go back and watch CJ Stroud in that game. He was the light years ahead of Stetson Bennett. All right. And Bennett's a good player. I don't know what kind of career Bennett's going to have. I have no idea. He could have a good career in the NFL. But if you watch CJ Stroud throw NFL pass after NFL pass, hitting guys in stride, I hate saying this, but CJ Stroud looks like a great NFL quarterback. He's not the most mobile guy. He can get you yards, but he's big, huge arm, accurate, and not just college accurate, but there were some of those throws. You know how sometimes you're watching a, a, a pass play and the ball has to just get right over the defensive back into the wide receiver's hands? Those are NFL throws. Those are throws that college quarterbacks can't always make. They'll throw it in that direction, especially young guys. But it's the polished guys like C.J. Stroud from Ohio State that you just look at and you get that wow factor. I mean, Ohio State played in the Big Ten. He didn't have a great game against Michigan, but his game against Georgia was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and, and Stroud talked to the media, and it's so weird sometimes what you know people will ask. He took over for Justin Fields, who's now the quarterback of the Chicago Bears, right? So he gets asked. Now, there's a, there's a middle part here where they ask him about going to the Bears. But here's what he had to say about Justin Fields, the runner. He ain't no damn running back. He's a quarterback, and he, he can sling that rock. So I'm going to stand up for my brother every time, and, and he great things in his career, and I'm excited to play with him. I mean, no, I don't want to go there. I mean, that, that's that's his team. So, uh, But, I mean, I think I got to do my I gotta do my thing. I got to go build my legacy, and I know he – and he's rude to me. He texted me uh, yesterday morning. So uh, me and him are, are brothers for life. It would be hilarious if the Bears traded out of one and wound up with C.J. Stroud. I don't think it's going to happen. But imagine C.J. Stroud taking over for Fields in Columbus and then taking over Fields' job in Chicago. Crazier stuff has happened, but I can't see the Bears actually doing it. Now, a lot of what you hear around the draft and a lot of what you hear around NFL free agency, it's all smoke screens. 
I've heard 50 different things about Aaron Rodgers this week. I've heard a dozen things about Justin Fields this week. They're committed to him. They're listening to offers. They're listening to offers for the one. I've heard all, every, everything you have heard about the, the Chicago Bears has been discussed when it comes to Justin Fields and that number one pick. Don't listen to anything. The good news is we have five more weeks of this. So it's great, right? Coming up, we switch gears from football over to basketball. Drake taking on Murray State tonight in St. Louis. It is uh, the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. The voice of the Bulldogs, Michael Admire, joins me from Arch Madness next. Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and watch Wicket's World live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. One hundred two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. All right. So if you remember, there's a quiz coming later. Should Drake beat Murray State tonight? They will play here on ESPN Des Moines tomorrow. The Drake women will then get moved over to Hope nine forty. After that, regardless if we have a men's or a women's game here on ESPN Des Moines, we'll have the Sixers and the Bucks. Should Drake advance to the championship game, they will kick the Warriors and Lakers off the air. And my man, Michael Admire, has to work a full three-day weekend. Joining me on the line right now, the voice of the Drake Bulldogs from St. Louis, Arch Madness. He is Michael Admire. Michael, are you prepared to work three full days this weekend? Yeah, I mean that's that's the plan. Uh, <laughs> we've done it a couple weekends, or we've done it a couple times down here, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. But it takes so much to get there. So we'll get the, we'll uh, you know focus on this one tonight and. See where the weekend takes us. 24 and 7 on the year. I'm not going to lie. There was a time in January I was like, boy, maybe, maybe this will be one of those years where Drake, maybe maybe they're talking about the NIT. I don't know. You guys don't ever want to say that. The NCAA tournament is the goal. Winning the MVC tournament is the goal. Was there ever some doubt when this team was just a couple of games over 500 in January where you're like, hmm, maybe this isn't one of those typical Drake runs? No, no. I mean, yeah, obviously there, there was a – a tough stretch there where started conference play two and three, but those, those three losses were all on the road and all by one score. Uh, so uh, yeah, th- those are tough losses early on and they ended up being, you know, a difference in whether this team uh, won the regular season championship or not. Uh, but, you know, I-, I think there was like a little bit of a surprise about how long it took the chemistry to fully get going again. You know, DJ didn't, touched the basketball court until November uh, coming off of his ACL tear. Roman wasn't back on the court until November. So there wasn't, you know, there weren't those you know, three months of leading up to a season uh, that, that you typically get where you can kind of work out some of those, some of those kinks. But uh, I had faith that coach DeVries would get it done and he's done it, you know, year after year. So he felt like it was going to come. It came a little bit later than, Maybe uh, some fans wanted, or you know, maybe uh, maybe we had hoped for, but it eventually came, and they're playing some really good basketball right now. Talk, talking to uh, Michael Admire, voice of the Drake Bulldogs, joining us. Uh, Drake and Murray State coming up five thirty for the pregame six o'clock tip from St. Louis here on ESPN Des Moines. You mentioned DJ Wilkins. Go back about a month when he hit that game winner. With <laughs> I, I remember listening to the play by play, and then I played it over on Lasers Morning Show the very next day. Your oh, call, nice. Michael. Uh, that had to be one of the most special moments of the year for this Drake team. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a big time shot and it was, you know, one of those games where 
Uh, Drake had led most of the way, had a double-digit lead in the second half, and there had been some issues this year where Drake had lost big leads, and there it happened again. And uh, Indiana State's Corvassier McCauley hits a three to take the lead, and you're looking at that like, dang, it's going to happen again. And then they run a play, ball kind of bounces around, and it ends up in uh, DJ's hands, and that's, uh, that's who you want taking a wide-open shot from straight away. He, he could do that with his eyes closed. My favorite calls are when Michael Admire's voice cracks. That's when I know you're really into a moment. You're really into a game, Mike. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I, I try to have some fun uh, and uh, get in the moment because that's uh, I mean, I think fans want to want to feel the energy, uh, you know, from wherever we're calling the game from. And I try to bring that good, bad. Uh, I, I have some people that call in, you know, or, or have talked to me and say, I can tell when Drake's winning or losing by the first five seconds of listening to you talk. Cause I, I just, I can hear the, hear the tone in your voice. What was it like inside the locker room when you're talking to coach DeVries and, and these players during a 10 game winning streak? Yeah. I mean, I, the thing that was really impressive is just how they were taking it one game at a time. I think maybe early on in the season, you could say that there was some, you know, looking ahead, you know, how, how are we going to win this championship, all that stuff. But uh, when they got into that 10 game winning streak, it was legit just, how do we win today? How do we get better today? And uh, that's, you know, they were playing very confidently, and that's a ton of fun to be around. Talking to the voice of the Drake Bulldogs, Michael Admire, joining us here on ESPN Des Moines. Coming up 5.30 for the pregame 6 o'clock tip, Missouri Valley Conference tournament action. It is uh, the first game of the tournament for the Bulldogs. They've got Murray State. What did you see from Murray State yesterday as they got past Valpo? Well, I mean, they played in a couple overtime games with Valparaiso, so thought that that was going to be a game that, you know, would come down to, you know, the final possession or two. And I, I was really impressed with what Murray State did. And it's the reason that a, a lot of Drake fans, uh, well, Valpo has given Drake a, a heck of a time this year. And so there were Valpo's a lot of, given Drake a tough time for like the last five years. Yeah, it feels like. <laughs> exactly. It's just a tough matchup. And meanwhile, Murray State, uh, you know, beat them by 18 and 25 this season. So when you look at that, you're thinking, all right, we want to play Murray State. Uh, but what Murray State did last night is they played confidently, they got some steals, and had 20 points in, transi- in transition. And that's how, they, that's how they win. And when they're playing like that, you know, ripping the ball away from uh, opponents' offenses, getting out and running and dunking and knocking down shots from outside, they, they get engaged on the defensive end, and it become, they become a really, really good team, a team that can win multiple games here. Um, but yeah, I, I was yeah just extremely impressed with what they did last night, and it's uh, not settling, to say the least. I know that the real answer, or one of the obvious answers, I should say, is Tucker DeVries because he has been the team's MVP, one of the most outstanding players in the Missouri Valley Conference this season. But I have to believe, listening to what you say, and I'm not going to scout Murray like you scouted Murray. But when you're talking about a team that swipes the ball, moves in transition. What kind of a luxury is it to have with a senior point guard like Roman Penn? It's a huge luxury. And uh, Roman has been fantastic in the last 11 games of the season. Uh, He's averaging, uh, in the last 11 games, averaging 17 points per game and six and a half assists. And in those 11 games, he's only had three turnovers once. Uh, And for the amount that he's handling the basketball, that's that's incredible. Um, So, yes, handling the ball uh, in the half court, doing that thing is, is extremely important. But where Roman is so good and 
where you could see the difference between this year and uh, last year uh, with you know Roman's injury is just like the fact that off of misses or off of makes, we can push the pace in transition as well. So Roman is so good at getting the basketball in his hands, getting it across midcourt, and you know either getting to the rim or getting into the offensive set right away. And that's uh, it, he'll be huge in, in both of those facets of the game, handling the basketball. Talking to Michael Admire, voice of the Drake Bulldogs, Drake and Murray State coming up tonight, 5.30 pregame, 6 o'clock tip, and then hopefully a game tomorrow and hopefully a game coming up in the championship on Sunday. What has been the biggest difference from Tucker DeVries last year to this year? Yeah, I mean, he put in a ton of work in the offseason, and it's been awesome to see it uh, you know, kind of come to fruition this year. Uh, he is His ability to score at all levels is incredible. I mean, he can get to his spots. Uh, whether it's on the drive uh, or, you know, kind of that mid-range jumper that he's been deadly with. He can kind of post up in the mid-post and turn around and, you know, measure up a shot from, you know, 12 to 14 feet. And that's a really difficult shot to to defend. And then, yeah, he, he can knock down shots from outside. So his offensive game is just so multi-dimensional that uh, he has, he, he's a really tough guard in this league. And, you know, Another thing that I've liked is throughout the year, he starts to see double teams and starts to see different defenses. And I've just been impressed with how he's adjusted and and moved on and uh, scored within the offense this year. Unsung hero this team is? Oh, that's a really good question. Thank you, Um, Michael. I pride myself on really good questions. Yeah, that's uh, it's hard because a lot of these guys have gotten big accolades. You know, you want to say, Garrett Sturts is an unsung hero, but he's played 163 games in a row. <laughs> like it's, it's so hard to. That's an to incredible put... stat to play that many games in a row at the collegiate level. I don't care what conference you're in. That's pretty awesome. No, yeah, it's it's incredible. And uh, right now, it's the uh, second longest in co- college basketball history. The uh, longest is active right now with uh, uh, Liberty's point guard, uh, who's playing in the tournament they're playing in the sun championship but i mean yeah anyway yeah if you're looking for somebody just kind of maybe off the radar a little bit uh not one of the you know starting five uh i think it's i think it's connor enright uh redshirt freshman on the all freshman team uh he's been a huge burst of energy and speed off of the bench this year and when him and roman played together we were an extremely fast uh which helps with the style that we like to play uh the thing is though the last Three games, he's only scored two points, uh, only taken three three-point attempts. So I think in this tournament, you know you're, you're going to get good defense out of Connor. You know you're going to get that energy and help help push the pace and all that stuff. But if he can knock down some shots, uh, it, just his his presence, uh, his his swagger. <laughs> you know he's got the mullet, rock. You know he's rocking the mullet. So uh, whenever he whenever he gets going, uh, it just provides so much for this team. When are you going to start rocking the mullet, Michael? Never. <laughs> I've had like the I've had like the same variation of uh, my haircut since I was like twelve. So uh, I'm going to stick with what works. Michael, you still look like you're twelve. It's just a little extra facial hair, man. You got a young face, man. Uh, yeah, I, I got I had some grays and uh, all, all that stuff kind of creeping in right now. So we'll. Uh, I'll, I'll take any of the compliments. So I appreciate that. It, it gets worse. Trust me. When you get into your forties, Michael, it gets much, much worse. Hey, uh, thank you for coming on, man. Enjoy the call. Yeah. Hopefully we have you working all weekend. 
Yeah, no, that, that'd be awesome. Uh, th- this team deserves a run to the championship, and uh, it'd be so great to get Roman Penn into the NCAA tournament. He uh, uh, he deserves it, and he's been through a lot. And uh, yeah, he correct me if I'm wrong, Michael. He got he got hurt two years ago when this team played USC, right? He got hurt like yeah. the final week or the final game, if memory serves, right? Yeah, well, he was he was out for the final like nine games yeah, okay. of the of the season. So yeah, late in the season. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean we've kind of been bitten by the injury bug late in the season, uh, the first four years under Coach DeVries. So uh, you know we're excited to kind of get into this tournament with a full cast of characters. And yeah, Roman hasn't been on the court for an NCAA mm. tournament or a championship win. So uh, and, and it's crazy to think about with how good he has been. Michael, have a good call tonight, my friend. We'll all be listening. Good luck. Hey, thanks for having me on, Mike. Michael Admire, the voice of the Drake Bulldogs. Follow him on Twitter at admire underscore on air. 5.30 for the pregame against Murray State tonight. Tip off at 6, and then hopefully a game tomorrow, and then the championship maybe for the Drake Bulldogs, who are the two seed in this. They lost to Bradley on the road last week. That's your one seed. Uh, Drake 24-7, and 15-5 and five in Missouri Valley Conference play coming up tonight against Murray State, who is 17-14. Coming up, we can't have a show without talking about Aaron Rodgers, can we, Kara? No? All right. Is the juice worth the squeeze? It's a question that Dan Orlovsky answered. You'll find out what that answer is next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. Thanks again to Michael Admire for joining us from St. Louis. Arch Madness going on right now down there. Uh, it'll be Drake and Murray State coming up tonight, 5.30 for the pregame and then 6 o'clock for the tip. And if they play tomorrow, it'll be like, what is the time on that? I got the whole bracket here in front of me. Uh, Saturday's game will be 4.30 pregame, 5 o'clock tip. And that will move, if you're looking for the Drake women tomorrow, they might be over on Hope 940. So it just depends on what happens tonight between Drake and Murray State. Uh, tomorrow night, we'll have the Philadelphia 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks, regardless from ESPN Radio here on ESPN Des Moines. Listen, if you want live sports, just turn us on. There's a darn good chance this weekend, whether it's Drake today, Drake tomorrow, NBA, other college basketball, we're going to have it for you. We've got live sports always here on ESPN Des Moines. Well, we can't have a show in 2023 or in 2022 or in 2021 without talking about Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, this is Aaron Rodgers' season. You might think it's draft season. You might think it's combine season. No. There's the regular season. There's the postseason. And then there's Aaron Rodgers' season in the NFL. That's just the way that things are now because Aaron went into the darkness, into a darkness retreat. We talked about it. He came out of the the small hut that he was in after, what, two days? Three days he was in there? I won't. I mean, you. I, if anybody expected Aaron Rodgers to come out of that, and tweet out, I'm back. Or send the facts like Michael Jordan did, I'm back. You're nuts. All right? I told you, when he comes out of there, he has to figure out what he wants to do. Then he has to talk to the Packers. Now, along the way, he had a podcast. He joined some dude, some spiritual 
Holistic Dudes podcast, and they talked about it because that's where Aaron Rodgers is at now. Kira, you're in disbelief about this? No. No, it's right. I mean, <laughs> some dude who's got 50 million downloads, his name is Marcus something or something Marcus. I don't know his whole name, but he was, you know, he had Rodgers on, and people were like, Rodgers is going to speak. He wasn't going to say anything. He just said that he got some clarity and he thought he got clarity on retiring and he got clarity on coming back. And what has to happen next is exactly what I told you. He has to talk to the Packers now. They have until March 15th. That's when the light deadline is, the soft deadline is, because that's when free agency starts. And every time you turn on Twitter, or every time you go online, or every time you open up Facebook, somebody seems to have the inside information about Aaron Rodgers. Now, I'll have to paraphrase what Rodgers said about insiders talking to his circle when he was on the McAfee show, where he said they don't know bleep about me, which I believe. Rodgers probably has a very close-knit circle of hippies that run his everything, okay? And nobody knows anything, and I respect... People trying to get the story, whether it's Adam Schefter or Tom Silverstein, who writes for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, or somebody at the Green Bay Press-Gazette, or somebody at CBS Sports. Everybody wants to have the Rodgers news first because Aaron Rodgers gets clicks. Whether he's vacationing in Hawaii, on McAfee's show, talking about ayahuasca, news about him going into a hut, or playing quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers gets you clicks, all right? But if you are going to try to acquire Aaron Rodgers to your football team, first of all, we have to see if he wants to play football. Then he has to have those conversations with the Packers. And the Packers have to want him back. He does not have a no-trade clause. Now, he could say, if you trade me to the Jets, I'm not playing. The Jets aren't going to want him. Because the Jets have to agree to the trade. And they will obviously have to talk to Aaron Rodgers. But if you want to get Aaron Rodgers, ESPN's Dan, Dan Graziano says, look, you better figure out a way to clear, and I mean this, on for one day, apparently, you better be able to clear $60 million. The team acquiring Aaron Rodgers has to have $60 million available in cap space for at least one day. Once the Raiders, the Jets, whomever, acquire Aaron Rodgers, they can renegotiate the contract and lower the cap number. But for one day, they have to have their room of $60 million to acquire that contract for the Packers. That's why, while the trade will be official on March 15th, that team has to move heaven and earth, presumably, to create that sort of cap room of $60 million well before March 15th cutting players, renegotiating players. So there's a massive sense of urgency if you really want to acquire Aaron Rodgers and have the cap space to do it. So what you really are going to start to see, if there is a team that is closing in on a trade for Aaron Rodgers, if you follow NFL Twitter or you're you're a Jets fan or a Raiders fan or whoever you're a fan of and you want Aaron Rodgers, and all of a sudden you start seeing a bunch of contracts being renegotiated, bonuses getting converted, salaries getting converted into bonuses, bonuses, workout bonuses becoming instant bonuses, becoming deferred money, extra money added on, but taking less early. That is a team that is close to trading Aaron Rodgers. And maybe those all happen the same day. So they don't let anybody in on what's going on, but that is what's going to happen. If you're a Carolina Panthers fan and you think that Aaron could go to the Panthers and they start renegotiating deals and cutting players 
that means the deal is close. But the question is, what teams actually have $60 million in cap space? Right now, the two teams that have enough cap space, you're talking about $60 million, I think this, it's, it's uh, the Bears and the Falcons. But there are some teams that are close. Like the Raiders have about 40 or $50 million in cap space. They can get there. The Jets would have to do some work, restructure some contracts, extend some people. But they have a good young roster. They have a lot of high-level contributors on rookie contracts. It- that's what it takes, by the way. If you're going to have a dude making 60 against your cap, you need to have a bunch of young guys still on rookie contracts who haven't had that second deal, who aren't making 14 or $20 million a year. We're trying to figure out what position you're talking about. It could be Las Vegas. You know, I know somebody was talking about Atlanta. Uh, I, obviously, I know who's the better quarterback between Desmond Ritter and Aaron Rodgers. But if you are Atlanta and you think you've got something, with the three-headed monster at running back and the stud tight end that they've got, it was an absolute bust for my fantasy team. Then you make that move. But I don't know if Green Bay is going to trade him to an NFC team. Now, it could be the New York Jets. And if it's the New York Jets, the age-old question comes up from ESPN's Dan Orlovsky, and I love this. Is the juice worth the squeeze to acquire number 12? If I'm the Raiders, just because I get Aaron Rodgers does not make me a bona fide Super Bowl contender in that division in the AFC. And the same with the Jets. I think the Jets are a playoff team with Aaron Rodgers, but you're not a Super Bowl contender in the AFC because the depletion of asset that might take place in your football team to not only afford him, but also the pick that you have to give away or multiple picks that you'd have to give away. The only place that it's like Super Bowl realistically and or bust that Aaron is at is Green Bay. That's the only place. It's an upgrade in New York and it's an upgrade with the Raiders. But it's not Super Bowl or bust. And I think those organizations have to have candid conversations of, is the juice worth the squeeze, so to speak? I love that phrase. I'm going to start using that from now on. I'm going to start using that. And by the way, none of this matters if the Packers are like, we're going to move on and go to Jordan Love. That, that, I mean, none of this really matters if the Packers are like, we're moving on. He still could retire. See, I'm not worried about Aaron Rodgers till Aaron Rodgers makes his decision. Thanks to Michael Admire for coming on the show today. Don't forget Drake and Murray State, 5.30 pregame, 6 o'clock tip. Missouri Valley Conference tournament action, Arch Madness, and then semis tomorrow. Hopefully it's Drake, and then, of course, on Sunday in the championship. Thanks to Kira for keeping us on the air. Thanks to you for listening. We'll do it again coming up next Friday. This has been Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. Thanks for listening here on ESPN Des Moines.